0: Did Lamar Jackson put himself right back in the MVP conversation after the Ravens' domination of the Lions in Week 7? We talk about that and so much more. Coming up next here on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostreicher of Ravens Wire, here with you on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here, making Locked On Ravens your first listen each and every day. We're free and available all podcasting platforms. That includes... Over in video form on YouTube. Today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Here we are in Victory Monday. We are a five-day-a-week Ravens podcast. So Monday through Friday, bringing in Ravens news, analysis, updates, and a lot more. So you can subscribe on YouTube if you're a video watcher or an audio form if you're an audio listener. It's the same show, both audio and video, so you can go back and forth if maybe you want to watch one day, listen another. We also do live streams after every single Ravens game and after every big piece of news that drops. So you can tell a friend, tell a family member. Word of mouth really helps, so I appreciate all the support here on the show and on the channel. But it's a great day today, right? The Ravens pick up a 38-6 to big-time victory over the Detroit Lions, making a statement, making multiple statements, honestly, And we're going to be talking about the statement Lamar Jackson made in this game because we always say, oh, Lamar had this great game whenever he plays well, right? A great game. Is this the best he's played? But there were multiple instances on Sunday where it just felt like Lamar was locked in. So we're going to talk about if Lamar put himself right back in the MVP conversation in the first part of the show. Then we'll get into more of a general recap. We also talked about, you know, a much more general recap on the Sunday live stream yesterday. So if you want to tune into that, you can as well. And then we'll talk a bit about trade candidates on the Ravens. You know, we've been talking about, oh, who could get traded to the Ravens, right? You know, Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, Devontae Adams, etc. But who are some guys that maybe could be sent out in deals if the Ravens were to acquire a player? And we'll also talk about some players they could acquire as well. Trade talk in the final part of the show. Let's get into it here now, though. Lamar Jackson and his MVP-worthy performance. Now, I want to preface this by saying that just because Lamar had this performance doesn't mean automatically he's the MVP winner, right? I think that for Lamar, and there there are multiple things that the criteria for MVP is judged upon. You know, when Lamar won it in 2019, it was pretty clearly, look, the Ravens were 14-2. and two. They dominated week in and week out. Lamar was putting up 40 points like multiple times a month. He was must-see TV, and he was a guy that was dominating week in and week out. I think that when you're talking about Lamar this season, it looks a little different, but the conversation for MVP, again, record has a big part to do with it, team performance, right? But then it has to do with the box score stats. And that's something that doesn't necessarily favor Lamar in a couple of different ways, but favors Lamar in other ways. In this game against Detroit, I mean, again, this was an MVP worthy performance. There was, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I think definitely one of Lamar's best all-around games of the season, probably his best, honestly, and one of the best of his entire career. This is one of those box score games, though. Like, it's one of those MB- – you look at this box score and you say, oh, hey, this is an MVP-worthy performance. 21-27, to 27, 357 yards and three touchdowns through the air, plus nine carries for 36 yards and a touchdown on the ground. So four total touchdowns for Lamar, just about 400 total yards, a little under that. But that's a performance that, you know, you look at the box score and you say, yeah, you know what? Wow, he threw for over 350 yards and three touchdowns, didn't turn the ball over with an interception, did have the fumble that was credited to him. But then you look at some of the other games Lamar's played over the course of the season, and you kind of wonder, are MVP voters giving Lamar the respect that he deserves in that regard? And look, does Lamar care about the MVP? In the grand scheme of things, I think he'd much rather win the Super Bowl, right? He is much more of a team accolade guy instead of an actual accolade guy. So me me saying, oh, well, Lamar should be in the conversation, this, that, and the other. But again, Lamar passing for 223 yards against Tennessee in that Cleveland game. The Ravens won 28-3, to right? You're thinking, oh, the Ravens dominate the number one defense in the NFL. Lamar throws for 186 yards in that game. I feel like regular box score watchers will look at that and say, Ew, only 186 passing yards. But the people who watch the game knows that he dominated it. So to me, I think that this game has a ton of MVP pull. Not just because Lamar played really well, but because it was against the Lions. And the Lions, coming into this game, I talked about it. They were the number two rush defense in the NFL. They were the number six pass defense in the NFL. MVP voters look at games like this. Like, remember the Colts game in 2021? That's an MVP game. Right. You you can say some games are MVP games and some games aren't. But to me, that doesn't necessarily validate how good or how not good they were. If Lamar throws for 400 yards and three touchdowns and two interceptions and beats a really good team, that's better than some games where it's like, oh, you know, he only throws for 180 passing yards. But let's say he throws for 400, three touchdowns, two interceptions, and he loses. Right, what if he throws for 150 and one touchdown and he wins? I feel like boxer score will say, "Well, he threw for more yards in this game. He had more of an impact in this game." So MVP, I think, is a is a culmination of a lot of things. You can look at the front runners right now. Tuatonga is is one. Brock Purdy, I think, is in that conversation. I think you always have to put Patrick Mahomes there. Josh Allen is always going to be in the conversation. Jalen Hurts as well. You know, the MVP award, it's usually a quarterback. Not always. I'm not going to say it's always. You know, guys like Christian McCaffrey, who's having an incredible season so far. Obviously, guys like Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Aaron Donald, right? All, All those guys should be in consideration too. But in reality, with Lamar, he has higher goals than an MVP. But to me, I think this puts him in some level of the conversation again And it will be, oh, look, hey, the Ravens are five and two. The Ravens are on top of the AFC North. The Ravens are one of the best teams in the AFC. And all of that comes back to Lamar. And it's going to be a switch up in the national media, right? Because a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about certain national programs, talking about is Lamar worth his contract and what's he bringing to the Ravens value wise. This is what he brings on a weekly basis. But this game, to me, he was dialed in. He was cool and calm under pressure and he wasn't getting pressured a lot because the Ravens offensive line was absolutely do- dominating all around. It was an all around dominant performance in multiple ways for the Ravens. The offensive line rendered that Lions' defensive line pretty useless throughout the entirety of the game. But look, when guys weren't getting open, Lamar waited. He was patient in his decision-making. And I, I can't speak highly enough what Lamar did on the field out there yesterday against the Lions because – not a lot of people gave the Ravens a shot to win that game. And I I will put myself on the record and say, go back and listen to my shows last week. I picked them to win. Now it was not quite the way they did. (laughs) I I think my final score was 22 to 19, and this was a lot better for the Ravens in 22 to 19. But all the talk was, oh, the Lions are America's team and America's darling, and credit to the Lions, right? They're they're a team that's played really good so far, but it was a barometer test for both teams like I've I've talked about. And I talked about it last week. I talked about it yesterday, and I'll talk about it today. The Lions offense had never played a defense like the Ravens and the Ravens defense had never played an offense like the Lions. So there was always going to be, you know, two things hitting each other full speed, full force. One was going to break the Ravens defense broke the Lions offense. But on top of that, it was Lamar Jackson making plays. It was Mark Andrews showing up, Zay Flowers, Gus Edwards, Odo, Beckham, Rashad Bateman, the whole offense did its thing. And yes, we're going to bring it back to Lamar, but there are so many other people who should get credit for that performance. Lamar is going to get the most of it, obviously, or most of it because of just who he is and what he brings to the table and how important the quarterback position is, you know, it's a given, but Todd Munkin did a great job and this all sets up. Now, if Lamar can continue this momentum, the the league has been so weird where, yeah, you know what? Lamar has had bad losses this season, but every team, you know, Mahomes has had bad losses and Allen and Purdy and Duatanga Tungavailoa and and Hurts and all these guys have had bad losses so I think those get mitigated a little bit and kind of washed out and performances like these are those MVP performances. But look, if it comes down to who throws for the most passing yards and passing touchdowns, the the way the Ravens offense operates, Lamar Jackson's probably not going to be in that conversation. And it's not a slight at Lamar. Lamar can, we literally saw him do it yesterday, but the Ravens are in the business of winning football games. Not that other teams aren't. And sometimes the Ravens formula to winning those games is Lamar throwing for 186 passing yards in Baltimore still winning the game 28 to three, right? Sometimes it's just that simple. It's not, it's never simple in the NFL, but you know what I'm saying? Where I think that all in all, this was an MVP game, but is Lamar the front runner for MVP now? I would still say people are going to look at Tua and Brock Purdy and those guys and say, oh, look, they have more passing yards on Lamar. They should be out in front when in reality, I think the people who watch the Ravens games know that, Lamar should maybe have a little more pull in there, but at the end of the day, look, an MVP is awesome. But again, Lamar wants to win a Super Bowl. Th- that's what's on Lamar's mind right now, and that's what's on the team's mind honestly. So, coming up in the second part of the show, we'll talk about how big of a step in the right direction that was for the Ravens for their Super Bowl goals, and a lot more talking about a Ravens Lions recap. So, be sure to stay tuned, plan to talk about it on the show. But first, this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. And our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Lockdown Fannie's Fantasy Football host Vinny Adder, to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're providing you the players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster – So let's see who Vinny's picked out for us in this week's eBay Guaranteed Fantasy Picks of the Week. And Eagles wide receiver Devonta Smith, he's cooled off a little bit after a hot start this season, but he can be revved up again for the rematch against the Commanders pass defense in Week 80. Ended up catching 7-9 targets for 78 yards and a solid performance against them in Week 4. But with A.J. Brown blown up, As of late, expect Washington to try to contain him first with coverage and leave some more favorable downfield opportunities available for Smith. Smith is capable of exploding in any game the Eagles should want to get him more involved to restore the complete danger of their passing game. With Jalen Hurts, and again, Vinny Iyer from Lockdown Fantasy Football, he's going to help you win your fantasy championship at eBay Motors also, the championship. Teams about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle, with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your ride needs, eBay Motors has it. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, is guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or you your money back. Plus, these prices are burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. All items, all exclusions apply. We're back here with our. Second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Offstriker is still here talking football. Good footballs. The Ravens beat the Lions 38-6, to a beatdown of the Detroit Lions. Really anticipated a game, really throughout all of America watching, but the Ravens ended up taking the game off of Fox for some people. I saw that the Ravens ended up beating the Lions down so bad early that some people actually got the Tampa and Atlanta game right around the second quarter or third quarter, which is kind of crazy. It didn't end up doing that for me, but it, it speaks to how dominant the Ravens were from the snap first snap. And I think it starts even before. And I talked about this on the live show when we get into a general recap of the game where the Ravens won the coin toss and John Harbaugh elects to receive the ball. That to me is a tone setter because usually in today's game, you're deferring, you're trying to stop the opposing offense first or defense starts to gain momentum and you get the ball back in the second half. And it's kind of like a win-win because if the opposing offense scores points, they don't have the opportunity to double dip at the start of the second half. Or if you're able to get a nice stop or you yourself score points, you get the opportunity to double dip. But John Harbaugh, I think was trying to spark his offense as Ravens team, trying to spark their offense. And Todd Munkin's first drive was literally masterful there was barely anything negative you could say about it. I mean, they came out with an absolute bang to start it in this game. You needed that too, because the offense had been kind of inconsistent. They were starting fast, but then it kind of fizzled out. So you were, you were thinking, all right, well, they made a statement. What's next on that first drive. Again, it was seven plays 75 yards and four minutes in 23 seconds. It was fast. It was methodical. It was efficient. Everything was going for them on that drive. And then, The Ravens defense was doing their job and getting the ball back to the offense. First play for the Lions defense, you know, tone setting plays where it's a Jameer Gibbs run, but then Jared Goff incomplete on second down. Jared Goff sacked on third down. It's a a three and out. The Ravens get the ball back, go 11 plays for 68 yards in five minutes and 46 seconds. It wasn't like they were, it's not like those eight minute, nine minute, 10 minute drives we were used to with Greg Roman in this Ravens offense. It's, oh, you know what? We're being quick or being methodical about it. Boom, let's go score. Next drive for the Lions after 14-0, three and out. The Ravens go. They score a touchdown. Next drive for the Ravens after that three and out. Another touchdown. It's 21-0 Ravens in under 18 minutes. Literally at the, what was it? I'm trying to find the time. 12.54 mark of the second quarter. The Ravens were up 21 to nothing The Lions punt again. The Ravens score a touchdown. Again, two minutes, 56 seconds to go 80 yards. That's, it's unreal, right? almost three minutes to go 80 yards. Usually we were talking about nine, 10, 11 minutes on those drives. The Ravens deep passing game was clicking. Guys were getting open. Lamar was doing his thing. The run game was also gashing up this Lions defense. This was the complete 60 minute performance we were looking for. Not just from the offense. I mean, the defense have been showing it the whole season, right? But this offense, the complimentary football aspect, multiple people commented it in the live chat on on yesterday's live stream, a complimentary football that we saw from this offense, because usually it was like the, the offense was getting dragged across the finish line from the defense. And it was, Oh, well the offense makes a mistake and the defense has to clean it up and make sure the opposing offense can't capitalize. This was Ravens offense, touchdown Ravens defense, three and out Ravens offense, touchdown Ravens defense, three and out. It was literally that back and forth so much so the game was over in the second quarter. And, you know, you can say, oh, well, what do you mean the Lions could have come back? You know, the, the game was over in the second quarter. What, what I mean by that is the Lions were already going for it on fourth down midway through the second quarter. And you, know, you can say, oh, what do you mean? You know, teams, teams nowadays do that all the time. We've seen John Harbaugh do it. This was a little different. Again, it was 28 to nothing. And the Lions are going for it on fourth and eight from the Baltimore 48 yard line with four minutes and 55 seconds to go in the second quarter. Usually in that situation, you punt the ball away, right? You're down 10, nothing. And you know what? We're going to give the ball back to their, their offense. Our defense will try to get a stop. No, this game was literally over in the second quarter. That's how dominant this was. Now I want to give a shout out also to Gus Edwards. I'm going to try to pull some funny stats on Twitter for today. When I get the chance with Gus Edwards, but Gus Edwards averaged 80 yards per catch in this game against Detroit. Detroit. I guess it was it was only one catch for him, but it was a great play. For this was another thing. Lamar was just making nice decisions the entire game. It was a read option play, at least that. Yeah, it was a read option, and Lamar takes it, goes to the left. There's a Lions defender literally waiting with his arms open for him. What does Lamar do? He takes it back to the right. Gus Edwards leaks out. Lamar just dumps it down, takes the easy option, and what happens? There's literally no one in front of him. I think Kirby Joseph has to run over it and tackle him 80 yards down the field. It was those types of plays. Todd Monken ran a couple of really nice plays. That one early in the game to Odell, where it was a it was an option play, and Lamar like takes it like he's gonna run, and then just kind of flicks it to Odell, and Odell takes it down the field. That Keaton Mitchell play, where it was I think another option, and Lamar kind of twirl flips it to Mitchell, and he goes for nine yards. There was some trickeration, but it wasn't it wasn't like overdone. I think early in the season, Todd Munkin was trying to find the balance of overdoing it with trickoration and kind of what things should look like. I think he opened up, for lack of a better term, his vault a little bit, as Greg Roman once famously coined. The Todd Munkin vault was on full display on Sunday, which was really, really cool to see defensively. Another great game. Arthur Millette and Roquan Smith lead the way with eight tackles apiece. Kyle Hamilton, seven. Patrick Queen five. Kyle Van Noy five. The Ravens, another five-sack day for them. Kyle Van Noy having two. Uh, you know, you also have guys like Arthur Millette, who's a, who's been a great, he's been a great blitzer off the edge. Rafa Oway had a sack, which was awesome. Just a a BK as well, had one. The Ravens are going to have some tough decisions to make, and I'll, I'll make that point more in the final part of the show. I guess it has more relevance there, and it has relevance in both, honestly, but I'll make it then. This was a great day for the Ravens. Some team stats to wrap up here, though. 9.1 yards per play for the Ravens compared to 4.7 for the Lions. I think that's my favorite stat of the day. Another one, though, is the Ravens held the ball for 30 minutes, 22 seconds. The Lions for 29-38 And the Ravens dominated. Now, I know a lot of that did come from the Lions holding the ball for a pretty good chunk of the fourth quarter, just picking up chunk plays. But we heard Patrick Queen after the game say on that touchdown, the Ravens' defense was mad. They were mad, mad. They did not pitch a shutout here. I think they thought that they they played well enough too, but there were a couple of plays here and there they really wanted back. And, and the vibe was Lamar saying that, look, it's just a regular season game. But the sky is the sky's the limit for this offense. It seems like this whole team is dialed in to say, you know what? You can't get too high after a win like this. You can't get too low after a bad loss. And they just reset every week. And that's honestly very impressive for a football team. and Any sports organization, honestly, to do it can be tough. But it seems like the Ravens are doing that really well. So 38-6, to drubbing of the Detroit Lions. And coming up in the final part of the show, we'll talk about how the Ravens could add to this. So be sure to stay tuned. We'll have to get to here on the show. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. And snap into action, this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place a $5 bet, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you have been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. And if you bet on that Ravens game over on FanDuel
1: if you bet any overs,
0: you're probably living really large right now. Lions unders probably did a really solid number as well over on Fandle. So visit FanDu.com slash lockdown and kick off the NFL season. Fan no your partner of the NFL. We're back here. It's our final segment of Lockdown Ravens. Kevin is still here with you talking Ravens football. Again, thank you so much for tuning in today, whether you're here on YouTube with us in video form or here, anywhere you get your podcasts. In audio form, the support is is so greatly appreciated. We just hit 5,000 subs uh, about a week or so ago. That's been awesome. We're we're growing the channel really fast. We had three former Baltimore Ravens wide receivers on the show last week with our regular weekly guest, Kadri Ismael. He came on on Tuesday. Mark Clayton joined us last Wednesday. And Anquan Bolden, exclusive interview with him, came out on Friday. So if you want to listen to any of those, highly recommend. We bring you five-day-a-week Ravens content again. So any Ravens news analysis updates, we have it here for you on this show. And we'll be providing you with a ton of trade content too, because the trade deadline coming up here on October 31st, Halloween, I'm still, I'm still debating whether to wear a Halloween costume. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll bring on a guest and we can do it together. That'd be kind of funny. I'll, th- I'll think about it. If I, if I get enough support for it in the comments, in the chat, or on Twitter, uh, maybe I'll do it. But with the trade – We've had a lot of conversations over the past week or so, a couple of weeks about who the Ravens could bring in. We've talked Saquon Barkley, Derek Henry, Devontae Adams, Pat Sertan, Daniel Hunter, Brian Burns, a lot of those guys. But in those trades, what would the Ravens have to give up? And what are they going to be willing to give up? Well, I think the Ravens are kind of going against what they usually have in their organizational history. And it's kind of been gradually breaking. They're, they're kind of breaking those norms and have been a lot more willing to spend both with trades and with free agents in ways they hadn't before. For example, these void years, these void years with Odell and Lamar and Michael Pierce and, and all these, these interestingly structured contracts, they're going to be huge when it comes to what Baltimore has to offer down the line and what they'd be willing to offer in terms of draft capital in trades. Roquan Smith for a second round pick. I don't know how likely that would have happened. Maybe five, six years ago, maybe even three years ago. But I think the Ravens understand they have a window in Lamar's contract, you know, regardless of how the Ravens can maneuver the cap, they can certainly do it, but that's going to become expensive. They have other guys who are going to become expensive too. And as others get expensive, more guys will come off the books. And then those guys, maybe they'll get re-upped. Maybe they won't, we'll see. But in this day and age, with the way that teams are either falling out of contention quickly or rising to contention quickly, you only have so long, and to me, I don't think that means sell all of your draft picks and have nothing. The Ravens, I don't think, would, would do that. That's not in their mo. Eric DeCosta has made it clear that they ve- they very highly value draft picks, but we can identify the Ravens' needs as probably cornerback, edge. And after a game against the Lions, it's it's really hard to identify needs because literally every aspect of that team played well yesterday. But corner, edge, I've seen running back, I've seen wide receiver, I've seen offensive line. But if I had to pick, and I talked about this on the last stream, but I'd probably pick a cornerback. I think I feel a little better about the edge situation than I did a couple weeks ago because you have Jadavian Clowney and Kava and Noi playing at such a high level. Adafe Owe is back. Hopefully they get David Ajabo and Tyus Bowser back at some point. But if you maybe want to add a guy before those two come back and just in case you lose one for the year unexpectedly, or they don't come back on the timeline. The Ravens maybe have for them. I can understand that Brian Burns would be electric in this Ravens defense. Plus a Daniel Hunter would be great too. I think the big concern for people is can the Ravens consistently get pressure without blitzing. It's been a huge point we've talked about for many years here on this show. It's definitely been an issue for them for a long time. I think that, We've seen it improve, especially with some of the win rates we've seen from Justin metta Gain side. Michael Pierce is providing some value as an interior pass rusher. I think Clowney's been great. Van Noy's been making plays. But again, I think in order to take this team to, oh, in a lot of people's eyes, true contenders, I think, that, I think they're a true contender personally. I don't think they're not. But if you add a Daniel Hunter or Brian Burns in that defense, yeah, you're going to be looked up in, in a lot of circles as, oh, you got to circle that team on the calendar. You got to circle that team in the AFC corner wise. The reason I go corner as opposed to edge right now, it's honestly very close, but I think having a three corner rotation, as I've said multiple times throughout the years, I even said it yesterday, the Ravens loved that when they could have three outside guys rotate in and out because, and especially as the game has evolved, it's important to have as many good corners as you can, but with the, the days of Marlon Humphrey and Brandon Carr and Jimmy Smith and Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters and Jimmy Smith, Plus, you had an option like Tavon Young in the slot, essentially. That was a great rotation to have. It kept guys fresh. It protected from injury. With the Ravens having Marlon Humphrey and Brandon Stevens, and both those guys are playing really well right now. If you were to add uh, Dante Jackson or Rasul Douglas, I know Pat Sertan is the big fancy name, right? Uh, He's what everybody's looking for. I know Denver's been very adamant they're not going to trade him for that. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. You know, I think the win that they had over Green Bay yesterday maybe gives them a little more ammunition to not move him, but we'll see. I don't think I don't think Jair Alexander is a very realistic option to be traded. But regardless, if you can, Rasul Douglas or Dante Jackson feels like a realistic option. I've been a huge Dante Jackson guy for a while. Rasul Douglas has, has resurrected his career in Green Bay. To me, I think those are two options that could maybe be had for a third or a fourth or a fourth and a fifth. That could be good. But then who do you trade out in those deals? Who are some trade candidates on the Ravens roster? Well, I think a a big one that a lot of people have highlighted is Devin DuVernay. Him being the essentially fifth wide receiver in the pecking order is a return man. I think some people have been disappointed with how he's performed this season. Maybe he could be a a throw in with a mid-round pick and get the Ravens more value. I I know Rashad Bateman has been a topic of conversation. I just don't see the Ravens doing that. I still think he has potential. The Ravens, I think, still think he has potential. I don't think there's a – like, Devontae Adams would be an exception, right? If the Raiders truly make Devontae Adams available and they say we want a first in Rashad Bateman and that will count as two firsts, I'd make that deal, especially with the window the Ravens have. I think Bateman still has the potential to be a great player. He was one of my favorite receivers coming out of that draft. But if you have the opportunity to add a Devontae Adams, who is ready right now, the Ravens are ready right now, right? You need to add right now pieces. You still have future pieces with a flowers. You can add another guy in the draft if you want to. It's not like Devontae Adams all of a sudden, you know, would retire the next season, at least hopefully not. But that would be the exception. But I just don't see the Ravens trading Rashad Bateman personally. Other than that, on the Ravens roster, I don't really have a ton of guys. I mean, Malik Harrison, maybe in a contract year, but I don't really know what that would get you in in this situation. I, I really think it's Devin DuVernay is, is the main trade piece for them. If Offensive line. I don't think the Ravens want to trade any offensive linemen tight ends. Charlie Kohler. I, I think they like Kohler there. They, they use them in a lot of different ways. I, I personally wouldn't do that. If I were the Ravens, unless again, you could get an upgrade somewhere else and you can maybe promote Travis vocal. Uh, I'm not, I'm not really sure. I, I think the big name would be DuVernay. If they were to add in a piece to a pick to get a guy, and at that at that point, you would probably promote Laquan Fredwell to the active roster and, and make make a couple of moves here and there. But if you do like Dante Jackson for a fourth in Duvernay or a fifth in Duvernay or a Douglas, or you didn't you throw a second in Duvernay for Daniel Hunter or something of that sort, maybe that's what you end up doing. But I mean, I don't really see. I mean, I guess you could say Tyler Huntley, but. I don't really see the Ravens moving him right now. I think that'd be more of an off-season thing. And I think Huntley might just leave in the off-season anyway. But maybe that's the other guy if I had to pick another one. But maybe I'm just blanking. I don't know. But I think DuVernay would be the big trade piece of the Ravens to move an actual player for me. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked on Ravens. I appreciate everybody again for tuning in. Thank you so much. Coming up tomorrow, more Ravens content continuing to recap the Ravens big win over the Detroit Lions. Also some more trade talk as well. So be sure to stay tuned. Plenty to talk about I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Locked on Ravens.